to Totalus Rankium. This week, Marcus Aurelius. And welcome to Roman Emperors with House Rankium Podcast. I am Jamie. I'm Rob. And we are rating all the emperors from Augustus to Augustus. Episode 18, Marcus Aurelius, the fifth of the five good emperors. Ours is the last one. Last one. It's all downhill from here. Yes. Oh, with a, a couple of bumps that kind of knock you up a little bit. Yeah, but... But it is pretty much all downhill. So if we had like a chart, it'd be like up, 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 peak, peak, peak then. Peak. Yeah. Peak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that okay. was good. You. If you could see what just happened, yeah. that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm going to jump straight into it. Yeah, We're going to start with a dying woman. Yeah? That's not a happy way to start a podcast. It's not. Imagine her lying in a room. Okay. With her daughter surrounded by bricks. And the old woman says, I leave these to you. And the daughter goes, Thanks. And then the old woman says, oh, and also the large fortune and the brick and tile factory that our family owns. Yeah. Yeah. And the daughter cheers up a bit then. Yeah. Ooh, Smiles. Yeah, there you go. I'm rich. Yes. I'm rich. The tile and brick factory, which provided materials for all the high-end building in the city, uh, was then taken over by the daughter. So she owned all the money. And she was called Lucilla. And that meant she was able to marry into a senatorial family because she had lots of cash. Oh, yeah. 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 So, she married the brother-in-law of Antoninus Pius, yeah. who was called Marcus Verus, as lots of people are. Not Marcus, Marcus Verus. Not Lucius Not Verus. Not Lucius Verus. No, okay. Everyone's I'm confused Verus. already. Yeah. <laughs> and showed an interest... Sorry, Marcus Verus showed an interest, and soon the two were married and had two children. One was a daughter called Ania Faustina, and the other was a son called... <gasps> Go on, guess. Um... Um, 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 keeping all of this in. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> hang on, I'm working on out. Hang on. Alright, so today's episode is on Marcus Aurelius. Um, wait, could it be Marcus Aurelius? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yes. <laughs> right, okay. Um, but his name at the time was Marcus Annius Catullus Servius. I'm not writing that down. No, again with the name no. changes. I'm going to call him Marcus Aurelius from now on. Okay, this boy was born on the 26th of April, 121 CE, and will be known to history as, as you've rightly said, Marcus Aurelius. According to the Historia Augusta, his family was de- were descendants of Numa. That's... Every family is a descendant of Numa, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's just a good thing to be, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so when Marcus was around three, his father died. Again, of yay. Of course he did. It's a Roman age. It would appear that it is impossible to get beyond the age of five without <laughs> your father dying in Roman times. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised all men didn't just look really scared every time they had a son. Yeah, every birthday just... Swelling up and oh my god. <laughs> oh god, I've only got a couple of years to live. <laughs> yeah. His mother never remarried, apparently. Oh. Marcus was very close to his mother and would frequently mention her in letters to Fronto, his tutor, who I mentioned last week in Beres's after. Yes, you did. Yeah. So Marcus lived with his mother in his grandfather's house in a fancy part of Rome. Mm. Yeah, he writes in later life that he was very fond of living there, but he disliked the mistress that his grandfather had. Ooh. Yeah. Does it specify why? No. So I'll let you decide why. 
Um, you, you know, sometimes get an old lady that has pronounced facial hair. Yeah. Like a moustache. I think that's the reason why. And she demands a kiss every time she sees him. Do you think that's what Marcus Aurelius's grandfather saw in the, in the lady? I think he liked that kind of thing. Did he? Yeah. Fair enough. Heard it here first. Yeah. Okay. At the age of eight, he was introduced to the College of Salian Priests. So he joined a priesthood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, certainly wouldn't be something everyone would be doing at his age, but he's from a prominent family. He's probably a priest at eight. Yeah. It's very young. Like it's training young. though, isn't it? Yeah, it's training. He wasn't like fully on, full like... on head priest. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, during the festival, there was an omen. Oh, brilliant. I yeah. like these omens. Yeah, it's a good omen. It's the only one, I think, in this episode. Oh, so, does it involve a tree? Uh, it, it involves plants of a kind. There's a garland, basically. Okay. Yeah. Right. During the festival, um, all the men, all the priests would throw garlands around. Yeah. Possibly skipping around and shouting la la or something. <laughs> and uh, they'd fly all Please. over the place and then they'd land somewhere and then they'd go off and do something priestly. But Marcus Aurelius's landed on the statue of Mars okay. as if it had been placed there. Ah. Oh, they don't believe in chance, these Romans, do they? <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> no. It's, it, that, there you go. So that proves that something would happen in later life. See, if I was a Roman, I'd, from that, I would assume he'd become a Greek. Uh, well, not a Greek, no. He'd become, like, the god of war. Yeah. That'd make more sense than anything else. Yeah. So he's going to be a Roman god. Possibly. Oh, he does, but he gets deified, I guess. Yes, no, he does. That's Damn it, point. okay. <laughs> yeah, see? There you go, these Romans. They knew what they were talking about. Yeah. Okay, he was taught at home, which was usual for his social class, and he was said to have been so hard-working at his studies that his physical health often suffered. Oh, is it like these worky people that just keeps working and learning and... Yeah. Yeah, apparently he showed some interest in sports and like basketball and baseball or whatever it was they played back then. <laughs> um, but uh, his studies came first, so hmm. he, he neglected it slightly. Oh. Yeah. At the age of 11 slash 12, he, start, he started to wear the dress of philosophers. Is this like, I'm imagining sort of like a maxi dress? Yeah with pages of books sort of like st stitched together. Yeah, it was one dress that all the philosophers shared around. Ooh, that must be a big dress. <laughs> yeah, it was, well not like all wore it at the same time. Oh, okay. They shared it. Oh, like, yeah. like it's Tuesday, pass it back to thingy. Yeah. Yeah. Euripides. that sounds like a, yeah. a philosopher, doesn't it? Zeripidus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he wore that dress and he started to sleep on the floor. Okay. Yeah, until his mother told him to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> he's obviously just going through that that phase of I'm going to be a philosopher. I'm going to yeah. dress like a philosopher. I'm going to sleep on the floor. I don't care for comforts. And then That's his mum comes along and says, "Marcus Aurelius, go and sleep in your bed." Yes, and cut your hair, trim that beard. Yeah, like an animal. You're 12 years old. You're like Hadrian. How did you even grow that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So during this time, he had many famous teachers. Fronto being the most famous, but he he had the best of the best teachers. And I said last week I was going to look into it a bit. Um, but we just won't have time this week. No, that's fine. So uh, maybe, maybe... We could do an appendix future. episode or something. Yeah, we'll do yeah. that. Um, we will. Because, uh, oh, I've started um, doing some secondary research into the Christ of the 3rd century, just to have oh. an idea where we're going. Okay. We're going to have some short episodes. Excellent. Yeah, so maybe we'll do a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Filling. So, um, at the age of 15, he was adopted. Oh. Yes. Oh, this was... Was this by the guy who... 
died. Lucius Verus's father. Yes. Yes. Although, strangely, although that was seemed very clear in all my research I've done so far, there seemed to be some debate on whether he actually was, or whether he was just adopted by Antoninus Pius later on, which mm. was odd. There did seem to be some discrepancies in the Ooh. sources I found, but as far as I'm concerned, he was. All right. Um, so <laughs> at the age of 15, he is very serious um, with his studies still, uh, but at some point he'd obviously impressed Emperor Hadrian. And Hadrian saw the future of Rome in the young man mm. and put together his plans. So, Hadrian adopted Lucius the Elder, like we said, who then died. Yep. And then Antoninus Pius adopted Marcus Aurelius. Yay. Marcus was not happy at all to learn that Hadrian was now his grandfather. Really? What? No. Did he not like or respect him? No, he did not like the grumpy old Ooh. man who killed off senators. He <laughs> just thought he was a bit of a... Remember, not many people liked Hadrian. History looks on him far kinder than his contemporaries do. Mm. So yeah, Marcus didn't particularly like him. He really didn't want to go and live with him. And I'll quote from the Historia Augusta here. So do you think he's a bit of a... Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to keep you on your toes when you're editing. <laughs> 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 so you have to find that now. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just throw in the old expletive every now and again. <laughs> I won't do yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're so helpful. Right. When, when the members of his household asked him why he was sorry to receive the royal adoption, he enumerated to them the evil things that imperial power involved. Ooh. Yeah, so he's basically saying, no, I don't want, I don't want to be part of this. Okay. It's, it's, it's not great. Yeah. So Marcus was then betrothed to, and I didn't go into this last week, he was betrothed to Lucius Verus's sister. Okay. Yeah. Verus was betrothed to Antoninus Pius's daughter. daughter. Yes, I remember that. Right. With you. That, that's what's happening now. Strengthen those ties. Yes. Hadrian died shortly after, as we've discussed, and yep. Marcus was primed for becoming the heir. Around this time, Antoninus Pius asked Marcus to marry his daughter, Faustina, who is betrothed to Verus. Yeah. I'm confused. What? Right. Let me explain this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Marcus Aurelius was adopted. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. He is then betrothed to Verus's sister. Yeah. Verus is betrothed to Antoninus Pius's daughter. Yeah. Right? But then Hadrian dies and Antoninus Pius changes his mind and says, Marcus, will you marry my daughter instead of Verus? Oh, okay. Yeah. The ages worked much better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so poor Verus is now out of a wife. Oh. Yeah. And that potential wife was given to Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So in the end, Marcus is marrying Antoninus's daughter, and yeah. Verus has no one. Really? Oh. Yeah. Poor Verus. Yeah. Right. At the age of 17, Marcus Aurelius served with Antoninus Pius as consul. Ah. Oh, remember you said last week he was consul first before yes. Verus? Yeah. At a younger age, 17 uh, or possibly 18, depending, uh, compared to Beres's 24. So he was definitely more favoured by Pius. Hmm. Yes. Um, he was formally named Caesar at this time. That's like heir, isn't it? Yes. Um, mm. And because of this rapid move to the top of the political ladder, he skipped the whole part where he was the tribune, uh, the military tribune. Ah. Which possibly would have been useful because he would have got some military experience. Yes, yeah, remember you said this is like, in last episode. It's like a generation 
removed from where an emperor had actually had military experience. Yeah, yeah. So usually you go not political adder, you yeah. go into the military for a while. Uh, but yeah, Marcus misses that bit, which might come back to bite him slightly. Yeah, according to, to the Historia Augusta, he did not let any of this, all of this new stuff, go to his head, though. He mm. still remained very polite, down-to-earth, very yeah. serious young man, dedicated to his studies, still carried on studying. He was the, given the position as one of the six leaders of the squadrons of knights that sat with the Emperor at games and ceremonies and stuff. It's like a ceremonial position. Yeah, 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 so he's just been given all this stuff, basically. Nice. But he struggled with his life, life as the heir. Oh. He didn't really like it, because he had very strong philosophical beliefs by this point. Very much a Stoic, and these... If, if you're a Stoic, you don't really go around loving the finer things in life. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what you're supposed to do when yeah. you're the heir apparent. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was kind of at odds with court life. And he quite often wrote about struggling to find a way to live correctly mm. in a palace. It's weird, I'm, I'm getting this impression now, because obviously knowing Commodus as well as I do from watching Gladiator, yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes a lot... I'm starting to see why somebody might turn out a bit mental, if I <laughs> that's a bit... Oh, possible. Yeah, he's very straight-laced. Yeah. Marcus did, however, have some enemies at court. Really? Yes, he did. Um, one of Antoninus's advisers accused Marcus and his mother of plotting against Antoninus. <laughs> and when the man walked past Marcus's mother praying... Uh, the advisor claimed that she was clearly praying for his downfall. It's a bit weak, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it must <laughs> oh, be. Oh, look, she's praying. She must want you to die. It's the only reason she'd do that near you. Yeah, Antoninus uh, was having none of that. Yeah. So, yeah, the two, Antoninus and Marcus, seem to get closer every single day. That's Apparently, good. they only ever spent two nights apart. Really? Yeah, which oh. could be worded more than one way. I guess it could, yes. But I'm, I'm guessing it just means under the same roof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right, in the year 145, he became consul for the second time, and he married Faustina, Antoninus's daughter. Mm. The ceremony was said to be noteworthy. No details on it, apart from the fact it was noteworthy. <laughs> I wonder what that means. Like, well, you'd think that elaborate. that would mean that it was worth making a note of, but the Historia Augusta despite saying it was noteworthy, <laughs> didn't make a note of what happened. Brilliant. Uh, never mind, okay. eh? Antoninus also had to formally divorce one of them. We don't know which one. No. Probably okay. Faustina. Um, so they could get married, because technically they were brother and sister. Oh, yo, yeah. yeah but for adoption. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's not too bad. No kids uh, but... Again, that explained explain again, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would. If he was, Marx's... Uh... <gasps> oh... We'll come back to that. Okay. Right. In 147, <laughs> Marcus and Faustina have a baby girl. Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, in what, what, 147? Is that the sister that's in Gladiator? You'll see. Ah. In 149-ish, and I'm going to throw a few dates around for a while, and there is debate about all of them, so okay. I've just gone for a set. Right. <laughs> Hope for the best. Um, so around 149, Marcus and Faustina have twin boys. Oh, All right. So nice. They both die within a year. Okay. Yeah. Now in 150, possibly have another set of twins, but this might be the same set of twins they just had, and the sources are confused. Um, but in this case, one of them dies, and the younger one survives. Okay. She is the one who goes on to marry Varys. The 11-year-old? Yes. Okay. Obviously not 11 here. Yeah, yeah. That'd, yeah. Be, that'd be weird. In 152, they have another child, a boy. They have a lot of children. 
Goodness me. Yes. Shortly after, I have another girl. We're out of space here. Yeah. By this time, Antoninus was about 70 and struggling to be the emperor. He was getting old. So Marcus yeah. took on more and more of the administrative jobs of being the emperor. It was around this time that his mother died. Oh. oh. So he's already had possibly three children die and his mother. That's a pretty crappy all, year. All within a few years. A few years. Oh. Yeah. Not great. In 157, their youngest boy dies. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote a letter to Fronto at this point and said that he should not pray not to lose children, but pray not to be afraid of losing children. Oh, that's almost like it's going to happen, isn't it? That's very much an infant mortality thing, it's isn't stoic. It? It's being yeah. a stoic. It's accepting oh. that what happens will happen and how you react to it is the most important thing. So is that implying yeah. that Marcus was quite affected by this? I guess it does, isn't it? Oh, he must have been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he must have been affected by it, but he tried his hardest not to be affected by it oh. because of his stoic principles. Oh. The idea that reacting to a tragic event is, is if you're a stoic, you, sh you shouldn't because it was going to happen all the time. Nothing you could have done could have changed it, so why mm. stress about it? Right. I've got a friend a bit like that. She's a bit stoic, yeah. She's kind of said, well, there's nothing, if there's nothing I can do about it, there's no point worrying about it. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Good to have. Right, um, in 159 and 160, they have two more girls. More children. Two. Yeah, they're, they're at it like rabbits. They really are. I think it's 13, possibly 14. I forgot to write it in my notes. How 13 or 14? 14 children they have in total. Yeah. It's an insane amount. Populate a football field. Half a football field. Well, that's that's a that's a, a soccer team and substitutes. Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? It's like the you know the, the Von Trapp family singers got the Van Trapp. Yes, uh, Aurelius football team. Von, it'd be like the Von Trapp family. Only half of them have died. Ooh, <laughs> just that's a nightmarish <laughs> thing to be. Really nightmarish version of the film. <laughs> Doe, a deer, a female deer, your line. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Skip a few notes. Right. Doe, me, fart. Doe. <laughs> yeah, that's what it would be like. Oh, that's And sad. then just a bit of quiet weeping at the end. <laughs> right. So then, Antoninus dies. So Antoninus, ah. Oh. I, do you know what, I, the more I listen back to our episode, the more I really like him. Yeah, he was... He He's was, a really good emperor. He was a, he was a good emperor, wasn't he? But did he have that? I don't know, because when you, when you said, is he an emperor, if somebody talks to you now and asks you about an emperor, I probably would mention him because he was so nice. That's the thing. I, do, I, do, I still don't think he's as genius as that. I don't know, he's he's the closest one so far. Yeah. Might have yeah. a twinge of regret there. <sighs> but, mm. what can you do, eh? Yeah. What can you do? He didn't get it. So we record the episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, he's dead now. So mm -hmm. um, Marcus tells the Senate that he will only rule if Ferris rules with him, which we covered last week. He didn't really like the idea of ruling. It didn't really fit with his Stoic ideas. Yeah. He accepted that the Empire should be run by an Emperor. He just didn't particularly want to do it himself. No way, because in the film he really wanted the Republic back. Oh yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's doing it with a little bit of reluctance, but then okay. he is Marcus Aurelius, so if he's going to do it, he's going to do it well. There's none of this half-hearted with him. Yeah. So, as I said last week, um, they gave the Praetorians that huge bonus, and they started ruling. Marcus betroths one of his surviving daughters to Verus. Yeah. To make up for the fact that he stole Verus's wife. <laughs> um, 
161, Twin Boys, more children, one of which is Commodus. Ooh. But, Ooh. unfortunately, one of his daughters dies that year. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this is... This is... Right. That's being a stoic. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? You're going to not care about death? Wow, then. <laughs> Take this. Right, despite the personal tragedy, the uh, the rule seems to be going quite well. But then that flood happens. You remember I mentioned it last yeah. week. I perhaps was a bit light about that flood. It was actually a very serious flood. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it completely ruined the city. Many buildings were destroyed. Countless animals died. There was a famine because of it. The two emperors really had to pull out all the stops to recover from it. So it's wow. quite a serious disaster. Yeah. But they, they did well with it, and the, mm. the people liked them for it. Good. But then Volagasis the fourth invaded Armenia, as we know. Oh, yeah. And they had to deal with all that. Beres goes off, and Marcus stays and in Rome. And has his party. Has his party, and Marcus stays in Rome. <laughs> and he spends most of his time addressing matters of the law and settling disputes. Okay. Yeah, so he just gets on with ruling, basically. Mm. He was also getting regular updates from the East and sending orders to the war that his brother was in theory running yeah so he, yeah. he wasn't he didn't just go various go and sort it out and ignore it he was also very much leading <laughs> yes just micromanaging <laughs> yeah and i'll uh i'll quote again from the historia augusta here meantime marcus was at all hours keeping watch over the working of the state and though reluctantly and sorely against his will but nevertheless with patience was enduring the the debauchery of his brother <laughs> In a word, Marcus, though residing at Rome, planned and executed everything necessary for the prosecution of war. So, yeah, he was just getting on with it, basically. Mm. Although I really dislike that translation, because it says, in a word, and then goes on to say a whole sentence. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's poor. In a word. Fighty! <laughs> yes, that would have been better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Marcus then um, accompanies his daughter to Brundisium, which is a, a port town in Italy, mm. uh, to see her off so she can go off to marry Verus. <laughs> I'm sure he's really happy for that at this point. Yes. 11 million to sit on a party. <laughs> oh. uh, 165, Commodus's twin. Remember Commodus had a twin? Yeah. Guess what happens? He dies. Yeah, he dies. So that's another child that I've lost count. How many children that, died okay. then? One, two, three, four, five... Six, six, that's six yeah, children. That possibly have died. six. We're a bit unsure about the dates yeah, the of one of our children, twins. but it's enough, isn't it? That's more than enough. More that's, die, don't they? That's half of your song, isn't it? That is. <laughs> Doe a deer, a female deer. Me a name, I call my. That's what it would be. Oh, that's awful. Right. The war with Parthia ran its course, which we covered last week. Verus comes back and they all celebrated that triumph. However, all was not good in the Empire. The legions that had been moved to the east out with Parthia were no longer holding back the Germanic tribes up north. Oh, really? Yeah, well, you remember they all moved to the east, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And the northern um, legions were oh. told to just, just try to keep it calm. Don't yeah. get involved in any fights. But they kind of had to because those Germanic tribes yeah. realised that lots of legions had just disappeared. So they've just weakened yeah. a certain a front. Yeah, so the, the front was weak. So in 169, his youngest son dies. Oh, that's sudden. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Right, in 168, oh, I've got that the wrong order in my notes. So before that, year before that, Marcus and uh, Lucius Verus go up to the Danube, like I mentioned last week, yep. to go and sort out the defences. Verus says that it's all fine. They don't really need to go. Come on, it looks sorted. Yep. Don't worry about it. But Marcus insists, so they go up. <laughs> then after making sure that everything is okay, the two head back into Italy towards um, Aquilea, which was a, a city in northern Italy, which was at right. HQ at the time. And that's when Verus suddenly dies. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's his brother gone. It is a good job he is a stoic. This is this, this episode's a bloodbath, I'm yeah. sorry. I think if we had a, uh, like a, an image to... You know how the Life of Caesar podcast has a, like an image for each episode? Yeah. The image of this one is like a massive gravestone with like 20 names down the front. Yes. We should have an image for each episode. Maybe we should figure out how to do that. I would do it if I knew how. It's well, probably really easy. It's probably just yeah. a button you press somewhere. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, Verus dies. Marcus had Verus de- deified by the Senate, but also at this point makes it publicly known that it was actually him who won the Parthian War. So he, he didn't yeah. <laughs> say that it was him when Verus was alive. He let Verus take the glory, but as soon as he was dead, it's like, oh, by the way, guys, that that was me. Yeah, and I'm guessing everyone around him went, "Yeah, it <laughs> so, probably was." Oh, <laughs> now it makes that sense. Makes sense. I was gonna say because he, he just spent the whole time drinking and whoring. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, Marcus then spent the rest of his life fighting the Northern Barbarians. Oh, really? Pretty much that. That's <gasps> it for him. From it's like the beginning of Gladiator, then. Yeah, we're not there yet, though. Okay. But here's this peace-loving man who loves nothing more than reading his books, and he's just fated <laughs> to be fighting barbarians. Well, he's stoic. That's the way he's going to be. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Get on with it. <laughs> right. The Romans suffer some major defeats in the area, but manage to push the barbarians back. Now, I'm going to go into this in detail in Fighters Maximus, yeah. but to cover it briefly, they're on the verge of fully taking the barbarian land and forming a whole new province. So it goes really well in the end. Uh, but then news comes from the east. It's Cassius. <gasps> Do you remember Cassius? Uh, yes. He's the one who pretty much won the Parthian War. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cassius heard about Marcus Aurelius dying, so decided he'd best take the purple himself. So he's now another emperor. Yeah. The problem being, of course, Marcus Aurelius isn't dead. That is... That could... Yeah, that's a bit of a barrier. That is a bit of a barrier, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Um, One theory is that Faustina, Marcus's wife, uh, worried about her husband's health, because he wasn't in the best of health, Mm -hmm. and her son Commodus's chance of succession, wrote Cassius saying that if Marcus died, if... Marcus died, <laughs> then Cassius should claim the purple and uh, declare Commodus the heir. So, so Cassius is this like a really good fighter in the army? Yeah, he's high up general, good friend of Faustina in the east at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So either Cassius thought that this was such a good idea he went ahead with it anyway, uh, or he misread something or something got delivered to him that claimed that Marcus was dead when he wasn't. Yeah, but either way, once he found out that Marcus was alive, it was a little bit too late to turn back. Ooh. Yeah, the Senate declared him a public enemy before waiting to hear from Marcus Aurelius. Now, if you're a public enemy, that means it's every Roman citizen's duty to kill on sight that person. So uh, Marcus oh, apparently was going to pardon him, but the Senate declared him a public enemy, so oh, there's nothing no. he could do. Yeah, but he could. It was too late. 
Oh, things no, move slowly that's... over long period, uh, long distances. Yeah. Yeah. Within 100 days of him declaring himself the emperor, he was dead, assassinated oh, by man. his own troops, just because he misread the letter. I was going to say, do we technically now have to do an episode on him? No, I've decided not. <laughs> he is um, not officially listed as an emperor. He yeah, was uh, on Wikipedia. failed. Yes, <laughs> and various other places. Yeah, he's yeah. not on your post drop there, for instance. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a failed coup rather yeah. than a successful one. So he doesn't. It wasn't get even a coup, though, was it? He does have a chapter in the Historia Augusta, though. Okay. Um, but it's completely made up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just completely fabricated. Was he kind of? Did he fight the wars with on um, you know riding lions and tigers and stuff? And yeah, dragons. Using lightning bolts to. Yeah, it was all yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, Lots of letters from him that suddenly arrive and are in the story of Augusta. It's like, oh, really? You found these letters, did you? Weird. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a good book. Right. <laughs> Marcus realised that the East was clearly not too happy if the fact that they were so ready to just go, yeah, mm. we're declare a new emperor. So he decides to um, go and do a tour. Yeah, show his face. Yeah, because the that... the East aren't too happy that their emperor seems obsessed with this frozen North, and what's that got to do with them over in the East? And all the emperor does is go and fight barbarians. So he goes right. Well, I'll go, I'll go and show my face, show some love to the emperor. Mm. That's not his fault. That's the army's fault. Not seeing the bigger picture. Well, you could say. Glory that. Rome. Yeah, Faustina dies. Oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> Yeah, I'll quote here. He asked the Senate to decree her divine honours and a temple, and likewise, likewise delivered a eulogy of her, although she had suffered grievously from the reputation of lewdness. Of this, however, Marcus was either ignorant or affected ignorance. That's a bit like the Antonius Pius, because lots of uh, rumours went about his yes, wife being... Yes, it is just, just like that. A hussy. Yeah, you could use that word. <laughs> I believe the Historia Augusta does. Yeah. 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 Um, there are, however, rumours that he found out about that a plot and he killed him or her on purpose. And There's all Ooh. sorts of rumours, but it's one of those not really likely rumours. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, he goes and does his tour of the East. He goes, visits all those places we discussed last week, apart from Antioch. That's where Ferris was. Yes, Antioch was the first city to declare for Cassius, so he just deliberately missed them out, and also <laughs> banned them from playing sports. The monster. Yeah, they were really into their games. So Ooh, okay. No more chariot racing, no more gladiators. See, you'd, you'd almost want to try and appease them, wouldn't you? Oh, I guess he hasn't got time. No, he hasn't got time, he's just yeah. a punishment. It says banned from playing sports, I don't know how much sport, I mean, does this go all the way down to, like, kids playing football in the street <laughs> or hopscotch yeah hit a, a stick in a hoop darts Dart. oh, yeah. does that count as a sport I don't know table 8 ball table 8 ball that's a game very popular over here in England for you American listeners yeah or if you're English it's a game that's very popular in America <laughs> right so Antioch not too happy on the way back he visited Athens with his son Commodus and they took part in the Eleusian Mysteries that's mm. that yeah yeah the, the thing, yeah. All the rage back then. Uh, he worked with the leaders of the city and he discussed ways he could revitalise the golden age of Athens, but in this time, more of a philosophy led golden okay. age of Athens. Rather, who was it before? It was. No. Trajan. Trajan. Hadrian. Hadrian. Hadrian, yes, yes, it was. Of course, it was Hadrian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so less of a bring up their cities, architecture, and military. Yeah. Marcus Aurelius wanted to bring back the philosophies. 
Yes. So you set up new schools with heads and seats with the new, for all the major areas of philosophy at the time. So, mm. yeah, he, he did some work in Athens. Well, it was very impactful. Their philosophy, Greek philosophy, lived until <clears throat> the, you know, the British Middle Age. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, when they got back to Rome, they celebrated a triumph for the war that they fought up north a while ago. And by this time, however, Marcus had started to realise that his son was not necessarily going to grow up. And mature. Oh dear. Yes, in fact, he seemed downright spoiled and vicious. Well, yeah. it was like that in Gladiator film. It was so. like that in Gladiator film. However, uh, Marcus was stuck. I mean, what what can you do? Well, other Roman emperors had a, a answer for that. <laughs> well, what what would you do? You realise send, you send it, almost send him to the equivalent of like a. Like a monastery or something, just to. Oh, know. you think? Yeah. You see, really, all he can do here is kill him or promote him, as in let him be the emperor. Because if he lives, then he's got such a strong claim, then Mm. he's going to be a threat. So that's pretty much your choice. Marcus wasn't really down for killing another child. No. (laughs) Not killing another child, but seeing another one of his children die. Yeah, that'd be number eight. Yeah, so so (laughs) he doesn't do that. Um, So he starts giving Commodus more responsibilities, hoping that Commodus would rise to the challenge. So he was made consul. At 15, making him the youngest ever consul at that time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Marcus also ordered the building of the Aurelian Column. Modelled on Trajan's Column. Looks very similar, but it shows the... uh, the war up north against the barbarians that okay. I briefly discussed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's your your Stoic who talks about not caring about immortality and fame, <laughs> building a massive column. I can imagine it is for other people. See, people will expect that. So yeah, no, it probably so was way. more a case of someone going up to him saying, "Oh, we're going to build a column, sire," and him going, "Oh, fine, whatever." <laughs> right. Okay. So. Peace didn't last long, though. In 177, the Quadi, which was a northern tribe, tribe revolted, and Marcus had to go north again. Uh. So off he goes. Before he went, however, Commodus was elevated to Augustus, filling the place that Verus had. So technically, Commodus is now the joint emperor. Okay. Yes, but very much in the same way Verus was under Marcus. Yes, yeah, so emperor in name only. Yeah, Commodus is seen as even more um, not senior. Yeah. What's the word? Junior. Junior. Seen, yes, <laughs> seen as even more junior than even Varus was, uh, but technically he's the emperor now. Hmm. In 178, the Romans won a decisive victory, and by 179, it all seemed that, um, that the Romans would add another province to their empire again. Right. But then, against everything he'd previously believed and going against every action he'd ever done, Marcus Aurelius suddenly decides that the long-forgotten Republic was the way to go and decided that one centurion in his army that he'd never talked about before <laughs> was going to take over the Senate and restore the Republic. But then Commodus found out and strangled him in his tent. <laughs> that's what I thought happened. Yeah, yeah that is, that's the, uh, the film version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or You're right. Marcus grew <laughs> ill. It's the plague. Oh yes, from before. Yes, I'll Jeff. not mention much of the plague. No, uh, but I will mention it later. Yes, it's the plague. Throughout everything I've said, and you may have noticed quite a few deaths. Ah, uh-huh. there's a lot of plague about. Yeah, there's a reason why lots of people are dropping down dead. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, okay. yes, no. yeah, yeah, it all makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, so uh, you plan this out, don't you, when you Ma- write it? Yeah, Marcus gets the plague. So he calls on Commodus and told him not to abandon the war. Whatever you do, Commodus, we're about to win. 
don't abandon the war. Keep fighting. It's important to carry on. Remember that for next week. Okay. Right. Then, knowing that the end was near, he stopped eating and drinking. So sort of exacerbating it, isn't it? Yeah, bringing it on, speeding it up. On the sixth day of doing this, he summoned his generals and said, Why do you weep for me instead of thinking about the pestilence and about death, which is the common lot of us all? And when they were about to retire, he groaned and said, If you now grant me leave to go, I bid you farewell and pass on before. Oh, that's sad. And apparently he also said things like, Keep an eye on Commodus. Yeah. I'm not sure he's up for the job, but look after him, will you? Rainy mean a bit. Yeah. Make sure he carries on with the war. We're about to win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just give him a poke every now and again. But then, luckily, he made a full recovery. Yeah. And he yeah. reigned for the 20 years. He did. <laughs> it was amazing. No, he died the oh. next day. Oh. Death. Death. So there you go. That's Marcus. Yeah. He seems like the emperor that most deserves some sort of party. I think that really cheered him up. I'm not sure he'd go for it. Remember, he worked through that orgy uh, that Beres <laughs> threw for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. He's a very serious emperor, isn't he? Yeah, but he could do with a party, you know what I mean? Like oh, a, he could. A few, a few, you know, have a few single malt whiskies to oh, yeah. knock back. Yeah, tough life. Yes. Yeah, eight tough kids. times. Eight kids. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fun and games. Right. Well, let's see how fighty he was. Let's write him. Okay. Fightius Maximus. Right, let's let's go into this um, Marcomannic War, which was the, the war up north. Right. Remember, throughout all this, the Antonine Plague is ravaging the continent. Yes. It's called the Antonine Plague because it's named after um, the Antoninus Pius. Antoninus Pius and Marcus yeah, yeah. is named Antonine as well. So it's named after them. It's not, as you suggested last week, the zombie apocalypse. No, it really is. But it, it was close. Many, many, many people died. Up to 30% of the population in some areas. It was a heavy-hitting plague. Rome is losing people from all walks of life, soldiers, politicians, oh. emperors, yeah. all sorts. Um, farmers, they're struggling to eat. It's not good times. No, because when the farmers die, there's no food being made. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the soldiers in particular, the army with its close quarters is particularly vulnerable, so yeah. they're losing more soldiers to the plague than to battles. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's tough. So all of that's going on. And also, the first of what's called the Great Migrations are starting. It's the first time I've said this word. The Goths are moving south. Ah, oh, like way into the Twisted Sister and yeah. War Black yeah. eyeliner. They're moving south and putting pressure on the Germanic tribes, which start pushing into the Emperor. Just get play their music really loudly. Yeah, caring. it's just smoking. really annoying. They're trying to get yeah. some sleep, and all they can hear is some death metal <laughs> pumping through the wall. Yeah, the yeah. Rammstein. Yes. Um, so, all that's happening. So that's, that's a bit of the background. Okay. So, for this section, listeners, have a look at the map called Bad Times for Rome. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's a really good map. Well yeah. done. That map will help you. In 162 to 165, so this is when the Parthian War was going on. Yeah. And they, they started to test the strength of the legions. Now lots of the legions have moved east. Okay. Yeah. Then in 167, the Longbodies. Longbodies. It's changed it to longboards in my notes, so uh, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what they were called. Um, invaded Pannonia. 
Okay. Yeah, but they're easily pushed back. It's not a huge problem. Good. But this is a sign of things to come. And Marcus decided that things are getting serious, so they go up north with Verus. So yes. that's the bit where they go. So the troops are inspected. They head back to Aquilea, and Verus dies. Right, and then in 169, the Izegis, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, invade Dacia for the second time recently. Yeah. And they kill the governor of Moesia. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, serious. Governor's died. Yeah. Tony. Tony's dead. Oh. Yeah, Tony the governor. The Costaboki, not pronouncing that right, no. I know I'm not. That's <laughs> fine. Costobosi? Costobosi? People who work up Costa? Yeah. I don't know. Always, always slightly on edge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they drink lots of coffee and then they rampaged through Thrace. And they got really close to Athens. They went all the way down there. They destroyed the temple for the Eleusin Mysteries. Mm. Yeah, so that's not good. But all of this pales into insignificance compared to the 170 invasion from the Marcomanni. We think it's in 170. It might have been earlier. This Germanic alliance of tribes was led by a man called Balamas. 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 Yes. He was a Balamas. <laughs> He was. The Macromanite met a Roman force on the border of Noricum, so that is just into Roman territory. Yeah. The Romans get 20,000 people together, go, let's go and sort out these barbarians, but they were wiped out. Really? Ooh. And then nothing st- is stopping them from going into northern Italy and sieging Aquileia. So that is an Italian city being sieged. This is the first time an enemy force has set foot in Italy since 101 BCE. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's 270 years before. Oh, good. No, that's like Britain. We haven't been sieged or we haven't been invaded since 1066. We're beating the Romans. Unless you count the Glorious Revolution. Yeah, that wasn't a... a, a... We did invite them, though, so, I mean, (laughs) does it count as an invasion? (laughs) No, not really. Come on over. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the Roman general Furius Victorinus. That's an amazing name. It's a brilliant name, isn't Let's it? Let's call him Furious Vic. Furious Vic. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. It's a shame he dies. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> he doesn't last long. Yeah, Furious Vic leads a huge force to relieve the city, but the force was defeated. And Furious was killed in battle. Oh, no, he wasn't that furious then, was he? No, he was probably furious that he was killed. Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> I'm really furious, Vic, now. Yeah. Furious, Vic, dead. I, I love, that's our second Furious, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Oh. If I'm ever crazy enough to have children, I'm going to name my child oh, Furious. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great. Would you have a first name as well, like Furious Barbell? Was first name Furious. Just first name Furious, I That's think. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's good. Right. We're not sure how long the siege lasted, but within a year, a Roman general called Pompeianus Pompeianus <laughs> and his lieutenant called Pertinax managed to relieve the city and drive the Macromanni away. Pertinax? Oh, I was wondering if you'd pick up on that. I've yeah, heard of that name. You've heard of that name. Yes. He is going to come back. Definitely is. Right. The Romans then spent a while making treaties with as many tribes as they could in order to smooth the way for a counter-offensive. Yeah. A peace treaty was created with the Izegis and the Quadi, leaving Rome free to cross the Danube. Time to show Johnny Barbarian (laughs) a taste of their Roman steel. Yeah. Yes. 
So, the Romans crossed in 172. They defeat the Macromanni, despite the fact that the Quadi betrayed the peace treaty immediately and <laughs> sided with the fellow barbarians. Ah, oh, it's not playing fair. Yeah, so then in 173, the Romanians... Romanians? No. The Romans then moved against the Quadi to get revenge. Right. However, the Romans were not having it all their own way. The plague was still going on, yeah. and uh, their numbers were dwindling, so they were starting to struggle yeah. against the Quadi. And this is where something really exciting happens. Oh, brilliant, go on. It is a miracle. Dragons. No. Oh. Not dragons. Have another guess what miracle it was. Did they get the plague? They pass it on. Actually, the Germanic tribes were suffering from the plague as well. Everyone had right. the plague, but oh. no, that wasn't the miracle. Um, something to do with the Mars statue and the garland. No, I'll read. I'll quote. Ah. This is Dio. <laughs> For when the Romans were in peril in the course of the battle, the divine power saved them in the most unexpected manner. The Quadi had surrounded them at a spot favourable for their purpose, and the Romans were fighting valiantly, with their shields locked together. Then the barbarians ceased fighting, expecting to capture them easily as a result of the heat and their thirst. So they posted guards all about and hemmed them in to prevent them from getting water anywhere, for the barbarians were far superior in numbers. The Romans, accordingly, were in a terrible plight from fatigue, wounds, and the heat of the sun, and thirst, and so neither could fight nor retreat, but were standing in line and at several posts scorched by the heat. So there they are. Yeah. They have no water. Yeah. The sun's beating down. Yeah. They're wilting. Far more superior numbers against them. Well, they're, they're doomed. They need some sort of miracle. And then a miracle happens. When suddenly many clouds gathered <gasps> and a mighty rain, not without divine imposition, burst upon them. Oh. It rained. Yeah, there's a bit of a shower. Yeah, sharp shower. Hail yeah. in there as well, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, one of those summer quite... Oh, look, lots of hail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently the Romans took their helmets off, filled their helmets, drank, they were really happy, yeah. the morale was lifted, they went on to defeat the the Quadi. See, it'd be a real miracle if there's just one little cloud just where the Romans are. <laughs> that would be a miracle. That would have been good. It's called the Rain Miracle. It's depicted on the on the Aurelian column. Oh, it? <laughs> it's, it's quite a big deal was made of this, and actually it's only one of two. The other one was the Lightning Miracle. You can probably guess what happened there. Oh, uh, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> See, I can see, see, I believe yeah. that the soldiers and most people didn't believe that actually happened. They put it on just to boost the people's morale back in Rome, I guess. Oh, possibly, the gods, yeah. you know, The gods are with us sort of thing. Yeah, a diet at, at the time, well, at the time that Dio was writing, claimed that it was, it was Mercury who sent the rain. Um, however, by the latter stages of the Empire, um, the histories claimed that there happened to be a bunch of Christians nearby and they they prayed for Marcus Aurelius of course and it was actually the Christian god that sent the rain of course yeah that's just one passing by in a word <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes I am the Christian god I will save those Roman heathens yeah because yeah. you would well Marcus was a good egg maybe that's true yeah. yeah right so as I said the miracles didn't stop there there was some lightning hit the enemy that's the <laughs> lightning miracle that's on the column as well right around this time the Chatti oh yeah I remember that Chatti yeah they invaded again again yeah they don't they don't uh, a commander named Didus Julianus fought them back that's Didus Julianus do you want to write that name down I suggest you do 
There's a reason why I've crowbarred that little fact in there. Right. Does he have anything to do with person acts? He might well do. Okay. Yeah. Right. By 174, the Quadi were defeated, the Romans then turned to the Izegis, battles were won, and the Romans demanded the return of some Roman prisoners. Guess how many prisoners were returned? Two. One hundred thousand. Where were they kept? I don't know. The Izegis are just, they're just like barbarian tribes. They live in their, their villages. Yeah. Have they got some kind of massive super prison or something? So maybe they, seems insane, they could have been yeah. in a different camp. Sorry, but yeah, so that seems almost an exaggerated amount. Well, it probably is. Yeah, all definitely. numbers are. It's pretty yeah. precise as well. Yeah, three billion Romans were released. It's not like 100,082. Yeah. No, yeah. just 100,000. Maybe they rounded up yeah. from 50. Maybe they did. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Oh, 100,000. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Marcus took the name Sammaticus at this point because it's the Sumatian area. Yeah, Um, yeah, so he's got another name. Uh, And he was about to turn the area into a province when he heard that Cassius had revolted, so that horse, Mm. all that stuff. So the Izegis were saved from a genocidal push. Marcus had had enough by that point and just decided (laughs) he was going to wipe the Izegis off the face of the earth. Yeah, he can only push him so far, I guess. Go away. Right. The second war up north, so remember, he goes off east and he does his tour and Cassius dies, then he goes back and he has his triumph, and then the second war up north on the Danube happens. It's much shorter. The Quadi revolted, so um, he went back up into the region. The Romans defeated the Quadi, and the barbarians effectively gave up all the land to the Romans and decided, you know what, the Goths were better than this. Let's just go back up north. north. We'll deal with the metal. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll deal with that. However, Marcus did not let them escape. Ooh. Why not? Um, I guess try and get the Goths on their side, because then it's got an even bigger... No, no, it wasn't to do with the Goths yet. The Romans... Goths aren't really on the Roman radar yet. Um... So I, I doubt it would be to teach them a lesson. No, it wasn't. It would You're be right. there's going to be a very practical reason for it. There is a I very think. practical reason for it. Slaves just want people to replace their army that have died. Yeah, it's it's the amount of people who've died of the plague in the Roman Empire. Yeah, he realizes that if he wants to start a new province, he needs people in it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, them. hang on, don't go. Yeah, we just want to stop you from fighting. Stay here so we can rule you. So he um... doesn't let them escape. So he goes and they fight another battle. They want to kill off the warriors, but keep all the the women and the young men and people the old men. And, yeah, people who can work. Clean toilets. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and they do that. They defeat the Quadi, and then Marcus dies. Uh, oh, okay. So that battle at the start of Gladiator. That's the Quadi battle? That's that last battle there. Oh. Yeah. So that's there you go. Just before his son kills him. Yeah, time. just before his son kills him. <laughs> yeah. Right, so that's what happened with the battle. So, right, let's rank him. Um, yeah. Okay, good points. He beat back the largest external threat against the Empire since pre-Augustus times. Yeah, that's true. So this is the largest threat to the Empire from outside the Empire we've ever seen. Yes. And he beat it back. That's true. That's, a, that's, yeah, that's very impressive. It is very impressive. That's a lot of Whilst there. the zombie apocalypse was going on. So a very diminished army. Yeah. Diminished yeah. supplies. Yeah. He fought a war against Parthia, admittedly from Rome two of the wars on the Danube frontier and managed to put down a revolt all successfully four big things yes all very successfully 
Fair points. He tried twice to create a new province, but the area of the Roman Empire did not expand at all under him. Okay. That that doesn't worry me too much, though. No? The fact okay. that it was being invaded, but he fought them back. I think yeah. that in itself is impressive enough. To I think it's impressive. I agree with you. I'm, I'm edging towards, like, the eight or nines here, personally. Yeah. that's, you know, like you said, biggest threat since before Augustus. Yeah, yeah. Rome has never faced that. You could argue they were sieged, first time siege in Italy for yeah. over a couple of years. See, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing, but he pushed it back. But he pushed it back. And yeah. you could explain that from the diminished, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Resources. And I don't know whether it's a good or a bad thing, but Trajan loved it. Trajan loved being in battles. Yeah, yeah. Marcus hated it. Mm. He didn't want to be there. He didn't see it. <laughs> but he still did it. That's true. He, he still went there. He, he spent decades in a tent in a field commanding armies. Well, he didn't like luxury, did he? That probably no, plays more to his stoic nature. That's a good nature. point. He didn't like luxury, but he certainly would have rather been at home studying philosophy. <laughs> With a good book. Yes. But he didn't let that stop him. He went out and he did his duty. So, yeah. Go on then. What do you think? I, I think I'm, I'm going to give him eight. Eight. I, I'm eight. I was going to go for eight as well. Okay. I was, yeah. It's um. He can't get the top, top marks because he didn't go all... um. Claudius for either kind of way or <laughs> no. kind of attitude um, but yeah so I, I think 16 is a good healthy I score I think that's a very him, healthy score yeah yeah excellent well right. done 16 on to the next Approvium okay bad crazy do you think there's much nope there's not there's a rumour <laughs> that he killed his brother so there's a rumour yeah, he finally had enough okay. of Verus's ways. There is a rumour that he killed Faustina. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There, there's two rumours that are almost certainly not true. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, good saying. <laughs> Meditations. He wrote a diary slash philosophical thought kind of book thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> it doesn't have a title. He didn't call it anything. It was his own thoughts. It was for himself. Well, he's stoic, he doesn't need to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't want it to be preserved. He didn't care mm. about infamy. Um, or being famous, perhaps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we call it the Meditations. It's not really easy to get a historical account from them because it is just his thoughts thrown on paper. Yeah. But it's brilliant for fridge magnets. Oh, well. yeah, because you can just get quotes from it. I'll oh, share brilliant. some. I'll share oh, some on. with you. Yeah. Can I choose my favourite? Yeah, okay. okay. I've got four. Okay. Brilliant. It is silly to try and escape other people's faults. They are inescapable. Just try to escape your own. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, very true. Yeah. The happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. That's very true. Yeah. That's almost very Buddhist. Yeah. Very Zen. Yeah. Never let the future disturb you. You will meet it, if you have to, with the same weapons of reason which today arm you against the present. See, that that very much goes with stoic thing. It's going to happen yeah. anyway. Just yeah. keep your mindset up. The best revenge is served cold. No, sorry. I, I went <laughs> off there. The, the best revenge is not to be like your enemy. You have the power over your mind, not outside events. Realise this and you will find strength. That's it. It's almost like you're saying don't lower yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, oh, they're, they're all really good, actually. Yeah, they're nice, aren't yeah, they? He's, he's, he, yeah, he's... If, if he was alive now, he'd be so with a guy with a backpack touring Tibet. He would be a nightmare <laughs> to serve under in an army, though. Could you imagine oh, yeah. going into the tent? Don't Sire, the, the barbarians, they're invading, everyone's dying of plague, we're all suffering. Aha! Uh -huh. The happiness of your life 
depends on the happiness of your I don't care about yeah. oh, we need more food we yes. need <laughs> sorry whatever will be will be That's, oh, you just get so frustrated wouldn't you possibly yeah possibly yeah I can imagine there were some very frustrated generals <laughs> yeah. in the army yeah. <laughs> just take this seriously please this is important yeah. many people are dying sir <laughs> it's okay we all die eventually. Yeah. But they don't have to. That's accelerated yeah. dying. It's not fair. Yeah. But still, great for the fridge magnet industry. Yeah, that's true, yes. Yes. So he's, he, even now he's got his impact. Yes, he has. Yeah. And there's internet memes. Yes. You'll see his bust on one on one side and then a little quote on the other side. There was. Whilst I was doing my research, when I <laughs> typed his name into Google Images to get the images I'll show you later, there was an internet meme um, of a quote yeah. and a bust of Karen Keller. All right. And then it said Marcus Aurelius at the bottom and someone with like Microsoft Paint to just put a big cross through the quote, quote saying Marcus Aurelius did not say this and a cross through the statue saying this is not Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> Obviously someone just found a quote and went, oh, yeah. I'm sure Marcus Aurelius said that. That looks like a Roman emperor. <laughs> Made me laugh. Anyway, right. Other good things. He treated his teachers with such honour that he built statues of them and placed them in his private chapel. Mm. He's very much, yes. uh, he sounds like very much like intellectual. Yes, definitely. He always conferred with experts in the field about things, so he never mm. just made rash decisions. He generally punished crimes with a lighter punishment than was allowed by law. Um, when realising that he was going um, to do all right in life, he then gave his inheritance from his mother to his sister. Oh, so I don't need this inheritance. You can have nice. a sister. You're pragmatic. Yeah, mm. really nice. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> there was a set of games, I'm not sure why, um, but a section in the set of games had slave boys walking the tightrope. <laughs> yeah. Part of entertainment. Marcus ordered that a mattress be placed under the tightrope. Oh, so they wouldn't die. I've not finished. Oh. After several boys had fallen. Uh, okay. okay, so I can imagine that. He's sitting there watching it. First one falls to his death. Okay, let's see how the next one goes. The next one falls to his death. Okay, next, let's just, we'll wait. We've been stoic here. Let's just wait for another, you know, whatever what we will be. What will be, will be. Someone <laughs> walks across, falls to his death. Should a mattress? Maybe a mattress. Something being springy. What, what happened to what will be will be? Well, what will be is we'll put a mattress out. <laughs> yeah, but hang on, let's just see what to the next one first. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, get the mattress. Okay, yeah, go, go for the mattress. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's probably him crazy. And what, what shall we rate him? I think I'm going to give him one because he's not crazy, but wow. I think frustrating. Oh yeah, oh, you know what? I, I almost thought it's like it's, you almost want minus numbers. He's so just yeah, not crazy, but actually he's so sane. He's he's maybe starting to deserve a couple of points now you say it because because um, he had this almost addictive. Yeah. We'll keep doing it no matter what's the word I'm looking for. Stoic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was so stuck with that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Obsessive. He was very obsessive. That's the yeah, one, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I suppose having eight of your children die might do that to oh you. Oh, God, you just try to shut off your emotions. Yeah, you yeah. were. So maybe that's a slight. Maybe when he said these things, his eye was twitching. <gasps> yeah. Violence. Yeah, maybe twinkly violins. We just never saw it. Who knows? Okay, yeah. No, I was going to give him zero, but you've you convinced can give him zero me. If you want. No, no, I'm convinced. I think maybe underneath there was. I'll, I'll still only give him the one. He doesn't yeah. serve many. No, yeah. no. One for the slight chance that underneath he was about to go completely yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You see, he sounds like any more deaths he probably would have. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Right. Successor Ultimus. 
Successes Ultimus. Right, good. And I will quote. Towards the people, he acted just as one acts in a free state. He was at all times exceedingly reasonable, both in restraining men from evil and in urging them to do good. Generous in rewarding and quick to forgive, thus making bad men good, and good men very good. <laughs> and he even bore with unruffled temper the insolence of not a few. Mm. Yeah, so he's just, just a good guy, really. Pretty, pretty around, calm and chilled. All around good egg. Yeah. He introduced many new laws that helped the empire run smoothly. Um, I won't list them. There's a huge list of stuff he did. So uh, he included an improved method for... <laughs> Sorry, it says for regretting births. <laughs> <in> my notes. <laughs> new method for regretting births. Uh, well, after all the death, I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh, no. Another one. <laughs> Sorry, for registering births yep. to ensure that Roman citizens were given the privileges that they were due. Oh, so, yeah, so it's just, just general things that improved the empire. Another quote, Nor did any of the emperors show more respect to the senate than he. To do the senator honour, moreover, he entrusted the settling of disputes to many men of patrician and consular rank who then hold no magistracy, in order their prestige might be enhanced through their administration of law. Mm. So he would give power to other people, say, yeah. oh, you, you take this court case. I'll, yeah. I'll just go with whatever you say. And then their power would increase, and he'd have more decent men around him. Not everyone was relying on him. So he's building up the leadership skills of the people. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. Um, he'd only put a senator on trial for a capital crime after he'd personally investigated it. So he really oh. made sure that the courts were being fair and it wasn't the senators trying to do each other over. Yeah, he's going all Nerva then, isn't he? Detective oh, yeah. Nerva. Yeah, possibly. A bit like that. Picked up the hat out of an old cupboard and found it <laughs> on his head. <gasps> oh, yeah, he did have the fedora. Yeah. Yeah. He's found a little Nerva's old notebook. I'm doing this. I'm going to... I'm gonna. No, this, don't try him yet. Wait. Yeah. I'm off to investigate. Yeah. He'd put the hat on. The rain would start. Yeah. The violins would start. Off he goes. Yeah. It's only adopts an American accent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Another quote. To the administration of justice, he gave singular care. He added court days to the calendar until he had set 230 days for the pleading of cases and judging, judging of suits. Mm, that's a lot of time. Yeah. I'm guessing judging of suits was like <laughs> lawsuits. Rather, rather than, than a fashion yeah. concept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Right. I love the lapels on that. <laughs> the streets and roads were well maintained under him. Yeah, you want to pick out the weeds. Yeah, apparently Rome sparkled under him. He really, he really did mm. try and make the city look nice. And he was seen to restore... Sorry, he often restored old good laws rather than invent new ones. So he wasn't just okay. making up lots of new stuff. He just looked at what used to work and brought it back. Well, that's good. That's important. So, yeah, I mean, so that's all the nitty-gritty. But then you got your bigger picture stuff. Yeah. He kept the empire going. Kept it... Yeah. Kept it steady. Against insurmountable odds. Yeah, against a huge barbarian invasion, against another empire invading, and against zombie apocalypse. Yeah. That's impressive. That is quite impressive. That is. <laughs> Sorry, as you said, I just got an image of him giving a speech out to the people. I was just like, a few people walk past, like, going, brains. <laughs> and then just, just bludgeoning that person to death with a. <laughs> Send him to a second death! <laughs> Kind of thing yeah, well, exactly. And he was having to rule through all of that. Yeah, it's like the Walking Dead, scratching meets... and clawing at his door every yeah. night. Oh, Walking Rome. Dead meets HBO's Rome. That's what his rule was yes. like. 
they should make that. Yeah, any if any uh, makers of HBO Rome are listening to this, we'll, we'll all the Walking check. Dead. Well, We've already well, done one spin off of that. They could do another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Really Fair the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, be good. They right. are well scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Um, so yeah. Well, well. Oh no. Hang on. Let me do bad. Oh. Right. Yeah. Bad things for a successful Ultimus. Um, Possibly up to 30% of his subjects died under his rule. It's not his fault, though. Yeah, I'm scraping that bow. <laughs> okay. Some maintain, this is a quote, that he had a fault. That he was insincere and not as guileless as he seemed. Indeed, not as guileless as either Pius or Verus had been. Others accuse him of encouraging the arrogance of court by keeping his friends from general social intercourse and from banquets. So, he stopped his easy meals... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think people saw him as a bit insular and a bit yeah. aloof because he was all sort of... He was of, an introvert. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, actually, as Pius and Varys were, mm. were better. But, yeah, I just don't know. I think that was just a case that he liked to keep himself to himself. Mm. And other, could be good, could be bad, depending on your point of view, he limited gladiatorial games in every way. Oh, really? So, yeah, really pulled back the gladiator games. Do we know why? He didn't like them. That's not fair, though. He thought it was a waste of money and resources to the emperor. That's like opening a coffee shop and saying, well, I don't like lattes, so I'm not going to sell lattes. That's exactly what that's like. That's exactly what it's yeah, like. It it is. Is. Yeah, so, I mean, some people might have liked it. Uh, some people might not. I'll put it under other. So, mm. how successful was he, then? I'd say he's pretty successful. He's, he's say he was yeah. way past five. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'm, say um, seven, eight again. Like, Eight, oh, nine, I was eight, thinking nine, nine personally. Really? This is, okay. It's it's not successful in the same way that Trajan was. He went no. and invaded lots. Or Augustus, he set up an empire, but he saved the empire from collapsing. I think that's fighting. fighting. But no, it links into this, though, because it keeps the empire going. So yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't forget, Brera. he kept it going with the plague having on. See how rapidly it falls apart after he dies yeah. as well. He obviously was keeping it going well. Yeah, I'll, I'm happy to give him nine, actually, as well. I'd... I'd I'd go with that. Should you have nine each? Ooh, nine each seems quite high. Okay, I'll take it down to eight, because that was my original view. You go eight, I'll go nine. All right. You can have 17. Okay, we'll have to give him 17. 17. Well, well done, Marcus. That was good. That was a good score. Good effort. Well done. Right, next round. Image of Despite the fact there is more Marcus Aurelius than any emperor we've had for a while, yeah. I could not find a good, succinct paragraph just describing his looks. Huh. Yeah, so... You wrote your own. <laughs> well, I didn't write my own. I've just got some pictures. All right. Yeah. He looks... Describe like, him, I'll draw it. Yeah. He looks like Antoninus Pius, Hadrian, and Varus combined. Oh, he's got a beard then. Yeah, yeah, we're still beardy. Yeah, that's about it. He probably looks like exactly how you'd expect. He looks very much like his, um, his brother and his father, despite the fact that they're both adopted. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to draw the guy from Gladiator. <laughs> Tries to make it look quite serious. Yeah, he does look serious. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Or oh, you're giving him a bit of a widow's peak there. Yeah. I, I think we may have got nipped by one of the play victims. Oh right, that's like transforming <laughs> into something. Okay. Here he looks. You ready? Yeah. Describe what you see. Ooh. Okay. <clears throat> it all. Okay. So big. Long, <laughs> you put him from the film. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a bonus picture. I've got yeah. two busts and um, Richard Harris <laughs> as well, so you can compare Richard Harris to the busts. Okay, <laughs> busts. Um, okay, so he's he's got he does look quite serious, doesn't he? He does look serious. Those pictures. Um, he's got 
quite a long beard at the front, so more trimmed at the side, but still quite long. Big, curly, meaty hair again. Yeah. It's got that afro-y kind of... It's pretty much a toned-down Beres, really, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, the hair's not quite as big, the beard's not quite as pointy. No. Um, yeah. But that's quite impressive. He looks like he'd be at a disco. Yeah, he's still got that slight <laughs> 70s disco vibe, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Look, his eyes are quite... In the first one, he looks quite scary in that one. He does. There's something about those eyes. He looks a bit stoned, actually. Well, he's, a, he's marble, yeah. <laughs> Joke of the episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, go on, now. What do you think? Um, he looks very serious. And I love the beard. I, I love those long... It's very impressive. I think um, that's my favourite beard yet. Yeah, it's... I think Beres went a bit too far. Yeah, it was like, it was like too... Like a hipster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, this one's working for me. And he does look like an emperor. He does. Yeah. Um, I want to give him seven. Seven. Yeah, I'll go for eight. You go for eight. I'm gonna go for eight. What impressed you so much to give him eight? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, I like, I like the bearded emperor look. I okay. And I think it works. Does. <laughs> Although I must say, this picture of Richard Harris playing uh, Max Aurelius. He, he looks good. There. He does, yeah. Wispy like hair. Long, hair yeah. long wispy hair, neat beard. So, I mean, I'd have been happy if he looked like that. Maybe he did in his later life, because this is when he was young. That's true. So, and he's always an idealised image, I guess. So, put that into our spreadsheet. That gives him a score of 3.75. Amazingly, he's the first person to score that score. We've yeah. never given 15 out before, apparently. So, that puts, him, that puts him above Lucius Ferris, above his brother but below his adopted father. Ooh. Yeah. There we go. Right. Last round. Temple completed. Do you want to have a guess? I can. I think I'll get the impression, well, all those kids, it must have been a long time. Yeah. I'm thinking around the 20-year mark. No, you're not bad there. 19 years. Ooh, hey. Yet another around the 20 years mark. So that is the last, let's not count Beres, one, two, three, four. That's four emperors in a row around 20. So we're talking roughly 80 years of rule. Wow. Of those, of being Trajan, Hadrian, yeah. Antoninus, and then Marcus. That's this is bad. why it's called the Golden Age, because they've been yeah. steady rules, haven't they, yeah, for 80 true. years? Yeah. It's not been bad. I mean, he's been the most unstable in terms of people invading, but, but he dealt with it very yeah, well. Yeah, he did. He dealt yeah. with it well. So, yeah, um, he ruled from March... 161 to March 180. So oh. we're now in the 80s. Oh, and everything dear. goes terribly. Well, it always does in the 80s. In the it? 80s, yeah. Right, okay, so that's it for him. Yeah. That gives him a score of. Oh, well done to Marcus. He's in the 40s. <gasps> you're always a good one if you're in the 40s. Yep. He is on 41.13. That's not bad at all, is it? That's must be top three or four. Through. That is, hang on a second, let me just order my spreadsheet. That puts him, oh, it's not oh, no. amazing. One, two, three, four, sixth. five, sixth. Wow. Yeah, he's behind Hadrian, then Vespasian, then Domitian. I still can't believe he's got so high. <laughs> then Trajan, and then Augustus. But it's close. It surprises me they got lower than Hadrian, actually. Yes, why was that? Hadrian Hadrian got a few for being a bit crazy. That's true, yes. That's it, you've got to be crazy. Yeah. As well as being really successful. You almost gave a minus number. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So there you go. But that, of course, leaves us with one thing to answer. Does he have it? Does he? Let's let's decide. Well, he had the plague. Was that for Genesis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had the plague. He had all sorts. Does he have a certain 
Je ne sais This is... I'm, I'll let me... I'll let you talk first. You talk first. What do you think? Okay. Um, th- this is the most I'm most unsure about so far. Parsby really does, just from his fighty success, the fact he stopped... He, he just putting out fires all over the place and he did it really, really well. That's something I would tell somebody. I think no other emperor's faced those kind of odds, dealt with those kind of odds, as at the same time having a zombie rampage through Rome and his yeah. army yeah. and the opposing armies as well, which isn't going to help. <laughs> it's not. You, your battlefield's going to be a mess. Yeah. You've got your regular troops, you've got the enemy's regular troops, yeah. you've got your zombie troops. They've got their zombie <laughs> troops. Yeah. Everyone's eating everyone. Yeah. And yet Marcus was able to see through that. Yeah, and, and yeah. it still was very successful. Yeah. I, I'm going to air towards yes, actually. I think yes. I think he does have it, just from that. Yeah, you say, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think it is impressive. I'm going to give him a yes as well. Yep, he's got a genesis. So he's got it, he's got it, let's go. <laughs> I didn't get burnt this time. Oh, I didn't blow out. Oh, history dog's excited. Oh, yeah, yours didn't work. No. Oh, well. Yeah. But yeah, right. no, that's good. These really smell of burning. I still think oh, that's lovely, they're isn't very it? suspicious. No, the, the guy I bought them from said they were fine. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah. But it's still smoking. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No, you, you say he works as an arms dealer. Oh, right. So, they're definitely fine. Okay, I put it in the spreadsheet. He's got his Gene Caesar. So, there we go. Well done, Marcus Aurelius. Gene Caesar. Yeah, I think he did well. He did all right, didn't he? He really? did. Yeah. yeah, well done to him. It's a shame him. it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yes, well, that's it. There we go. But, I mean, you've heard about the long decline of the Roman Empire. I'm guessing. Yep, this is where it we're, starts, right? Well, we're on Emperor 17. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Emperor 17. And uh, we've got 83 to do. It's a Ooh. long decline. <laughs> That's very long. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it, it doesn't get much better than this. Right. Okay. So, until next time where we look at his son, Commodus. Yeah, again, we'll rewatch Gladiators to get yeah, that information. We'll, yeah, it's all accurate. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, um, so we'll see how Commodus does. Mm. But until then, um, let's thank the Rex Factor as per usual. Let's thank Life of Caesar. Um, no reviews this week because oh. I forgot to check this morning. Oh, that's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's lovely to get those lovely messages from people. Though. It's really nice. Yes, the messages are really nice. It's really nice as well because you sort of set up this podcast as a kind of being informative but entertaining. It's really nice because we've had several people say that they've listened to this and really know a lot about Rome. Like Scott Rowland, who runs the um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Rome Emperor's group on Facebook, really good, join it. He said he's very knowledgeable. Yeah. He's 19, but he knows a lot of stuff, a lot of classic books, and he's very, his like encyclopedia is fantastic to speak to. Um, but he said even he's learning stuff from oh, little, little bits and facts and things that you can dig yeah. out. So well done, you're doing a good job. Uh-huh, thank you. It's finding the, those little interesting things. Yeah. It is. My favourite still, though, is uh, Tiberius holding the land speed record. <laughs> that little nugget of information that yeah. I found buried in a book somewhere. That, that's like history gold. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't get that. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. get that on any other podcast, do you? You don't, no, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, and the Vesper, the, the army on the Vespers as well. That's... <laughs> yes, of course. That's the favourite yeah, mine. That definitely has. Titus and Vespasian, isn't it? Yeah. Right, okay. Well, um, I'm looking forward to Commodus. I am as well. Yeah. I um, have a feeling it's called High on Crasium. He might do. I don't want to spoil it. Um, <laughs> but I must admit, I'm definitely in the area of Roman history I don't know as much about. 
Mm. And it's only going to become less, what's the word? I'm only going to become less knowledgeable as we go on. Um, Especially the the crisis of the third century is looming now. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's the year of the four emperors and it lasts about 50 years. Wow. Yeah, it's good times. Right. Okay, well, until next week... Yep, thank you for downloading, thank you listening. Yes, keep listening, keep telling people about us, keep loving life, goodbye. And loving the Romans, goodbye. Goodbye. Ways of your children dying. Are you finding it hard to get through a meal without one of your children slumping into that porridge gurgling? What you need is the Marcus Aurelius School of dealing with it. It's going to happen. It has happened. It will happen again. Life sucks. Who cares if your arm's been chopped off? Who cares if your wife is sleeping with the sexy neighbor next door? You can deal with it. Deal with it hard. Deal with it in the face. If you ever get invited to your neighbor's secret orgies, take a book and a pin to stick into your thigh. Being a stoic is just no fun. But that's the point. So is life. Because don't forget, soon, your wife, your children, your friends, all of your family, even your pet chihuahua, will be dead soon, along with you. It's going to happen, so just deal with it. Death. Death is coming. Death. Death. Just deal with it. I'm <laughs> not my children. My wife's with a neighbor again. Um, some tribes in the north started to test the strength of the legions. Now many of the legions. Food alarm. Otherwise, he never gets fed. Sorry.